You're listening to the Mile You're In podcast. Everything running related from 100 meters to 100 miles. And now here's your host, Phil Patterson Jr. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Mile You're In podcast. Today, we have a special guest on the show, the first guest in a while. Um, I don't really have any announcements at the moment other than um, I'll just say, please pay attention when you're in the crosswalk, even if you have the right of way, because some of you might have seen I put on my Strava post last week that I got hit in the in the crosswalk. I'm okay. I'm still running. Thankfully, it was a very slow collision, um, almost perfect timing. I kind of bounced off the car, stayed on my feet. I think I did more damage to the vehicle than the vehicle did to me, but we're all good. I'm still running. I actually just did 22 miles this morning, so I'm okay. I'm doing fine. Um, but let's get to our guest, Ellie Pell. How are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, Phil. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so um, yeah, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do. Sure. So uh, I'm Ellie Powell. I'm from Ithaca, New York. Right now I'm living in Boulder. Um, I got a job out here working for Scratch Labs. So um, I just helped open their first Scratch Cafe. So I managed that. So uh, right on Pearl Street downtown. Yeah, that's that's my day job. Um, I love it. Scratch is an amazing company. I'm sure a lot of people listening have eaten Scratch and probably saved their lives at one point in a race. So um, I'm really proud to be part of the company. Um, but I still consider myself Beast Coast through and through. You know, you can take me out of the Beast Coast, but you'll, you'll never take it out of me. So um, grew up in around Ithaca, New York, sort of settled there. Um, well, actually, I grew up like a, outside of Ithaca um, and then went to college there for uh, a year. Uh, didn't like the college there, but I loved Ithaca. So um, I ended up settling there for my most of my 20s. Um, loved it, still do. Um, and really the reason I never thought I would move, actually. Um, that's how much I loved it. But this job was kind of perfect. So um, but I also do run. Um, um, and so uh, I started running about eight, nine years ago uh, out of college, did volleyball, and basketball growing up. And so, um, yeah, that's just kind of uh, basically me in a nutshell. I sort of I work and run and, you know, it's a good time. <laughs> so I, I had to look it up and I see Ithaca is sort of close to where my family is out in like the Buffalo, Hamburg, Albany area. So I'm sure. Oh, probably- are, you, are you from Buffalo? I am not my my dad's side of the family is so I am a born into Bills Mafia member. Yes, go Bills! I should have started that way. Okay, so my mom's family is from Buffalo, so I grew up going there all the time. Definitely consider myself like Bills like person. I don't watch the games. I'm not gonna lie. Like, let's be real. <laughs> but uh, any like anytime you see a Buffalo, like it's just go Bills all the time. Um, I did my, my I picked my first marathon, the Buffalo Marathon. Um, based on that city. I, I love it there. It's just such a, such a special place. It's a little cold now, but the, this time of year, but um, it's an amazing place. Yeah. I want to do that race because it's it every few, I guess like every seven years or so it falls on my birthday. So um, hopefully one year I'll be able to do that. So, and speaking of the cold, um, how, you know, I'm, I'm here in Florida 
like we had like maybe a month of winter so what what is do you like running in the cold do you prefer running in warmer temperatures what is what is your take on that um so growing up in the northeast um you just kind of get used to it um I didn't pick up any other sport. Like I said, I grew up playing basketball and volleyball. So in the winter, we just went inside and played, did that. So I've never skied. Um, I don't really have any other hobbies, like sports that I play right now besides running. And so um, that being said, like in the winter, we just run through the winter. And, um, you know, it's, I think I do enjoy it. And, but it's kind of, sometimes it's a type two kind of fun because, a lot of times I have to run before work and it's dark and icy and, you know, I got the yak tracks on or the trail shoes on and you're not, you never really find a super great flow because you're like walking across the ice. And so, um, but it does definitely make me a lot tougher and I do enjoy it like in a, just a different way than ripping miles when it's warm out, I'd say. Um, it's more like, it's beautiful out here and I just feel like that rush of, you know, uh, just being outside and moving my body, which I like. I, I focus on that a lot more in the wintertime than I have to in the summer because the summer you're just so like blessed, like it's hard to not run. Um, and so I'd have to say that like my, I prefer if I to run in warmer temperatures, but I enjoy what the other things that winter running brings to me. Yeah, I about three years ago I was in like I actually went to go up to see a Bills game in Buffalo and while we stayed in Niagara and I ran into Canada it was snowing it was only it was only a couple inches but I just had like some trail shoes that you know just regular basic shoes no tracks or anything and I was just telling the story the other day that I I don't know the difference other than like I could see road signs so I could tell where genuinely the the road was versus grass or whatever else I might have been stepping on and I went to get off of the road as a car was coming and I assumed I was just going to be stepping in more snow and it was snow on top of water I guess it was maybe a small little creek or something and 22 degrees one foot is soaking wet the other foot is dry it was it was an interesting couple <laughs> miles after that but um, yeah, there I've had a couple runs that I distinctly remember, like I've definitely like been on the way to or had got hypothermia. Um, and then like just even when you get back, like you're just cold the whole rest of the day. And uh, it's just but also it's like, I know those things like I would never seek them out. Uh, like I'm not a masochist. Like I don't I'm just like, oh, that looks hard. I should do something harder. Like I'm definitely not that. But at, uh, when I do go through those kind of things, it's it's one of those um, just like type two, like you can do hard things. You can do this. You've done it before. Um, but yeah, definitely would not choose to run in ice storms if I did not have to. Got it. So I noticed uh, when I was looking at, at your your page, your website, the blog and everything, um, you had three, at least three listed shoes that you really like with on running. Um, what is it about those shoes? And if you can mention them, but what is it about those that you like? Because I know uh, like I work in run specialty and right now we carry about six or seven models uh, right now in our area. Everyone's asking for the cloud monster. That's like the big shoe. Because I think everyone's kind of following Hoka, Max Cushion, and, and they're pushing that. What What do you like about the shoes that you prefer to run in, race in? 
Sure. So full disclosure, I'm sponsored by On. So um, I get shoes for free. So I really get to pick what I like. And, um, you know, I also have worked and run specialty. And I'm also, I try to be uh, as, even though they pay me, like I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can in with regard to each model. Um, and so some models I just don't like, they don't work for my foot, but they work for like my teammate or ex-teammate, whatever, Allie. Like for example, the cloud flyer or no, the cloud flow, I think is it. It's a very minimal, like um, minimal shoe. And like, she will run like mountain races, trail races in this shoe. I put it on and I'm like, this is a sock. Like, I don't even, I can't even like, I can feel like the painted line on the ground. Like, um, and so, and then also, but on the other extreme, like the cloud monster right now for me is like, it's, it's worked. And for a while, but right now my feet are just like, and my body is kind of like not feeling that huge rocker plate. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not wearing that one right now, but I have them. So I'll go back to them eventually. My feel like my feet and body just change as I get more miles, as my life stress changes, as just the surface that I'm running on changes. Um, and so I, uh, I, I, I try a plethora of models. Right now, I really like the Cloud Stratus. So it's kind of like a mid, midline, mid-range shoe. My teammate Jeff and I really like it. Um, what I actually like about On is it still is a little bit of a stiffer, firmer shoe. I know the Cloud Monster like looks super cush, but actually compared to like a Hoka, even Clifton, it's like, it's high, but it's not, like you're not sinking in it. It's, it's still a very, it's still, on the firmer side, even if you compare it to something like the endorphin speed or, you know, cause Saucony, that's my one bone to pick. I used to like love Saucony, like the Kinvara. I've set all my PRs in the Kinvara, uh, but now I don't like it cause it's so tall and it's so plush. And I just liked that like racer kind of like very minimal, like the $90 shoe that you could like, oh, I loved it. And so it's changed, it would, which reflects the market. Um, so on right now, it does have the monster, but I feel like a lot of its shoes still are a little bit on the firmer side. So um, definitely the Cloud Stratus. Um, and then the Cloud Go is the newest road model that they debuted, I think, a couple of months ago. And that is a little bit more cushioned. So if you do like, um, it's still, it, it, to me, it reflects like the old Kinvara that I liked. Had some enough cushion, but like not, you're not stacked up tall and it's just a nice daily trainer. So those are my two favorite road models right now. And then on the trail, I really am liking the Cloud Ultra. It's, um, it kind of has a little bit of a sock-like fit on the upper, um, but, and then the bottom, the tread is not overly aggressive, which is kind of nice. I don't, I prefer to have like a road to trail shoe. I also used to love the Saucony Mad river they don't make that anymore um and it was a great like good for trail running but then also like you can get faster you can run on the road with it um and also in the winter it's really great too um that right now the trails that I run on like I tell myself I don't need super deep lugs I think I just want something that's a little bit more snappy so cloud ultra is definitely um my probably my top trail shoe right now yeah, and when you mentioned Convaro, that that's that has a special place in my heart. I I I haven't run in the last the the last model or the one I haven't got to test out the new one about to come out, but I have about three or four pairs of those. One of my favorite shoes, um, a, a on shoe that does have a special place in my heart though, is the Cloud Rush. I don't even know if On still makes that shoe or not, but years ago i got a pair and that is the shoe i was finally i was trying for years i've talked about this on the show before i was or not years but i was trying for about a year and a half 
to break to go sub 20 in a 5k which would have also been a pr and i finally did it and it was in that shoe so it just that shoe will always hold a place in my heart because i i finally reached two goals with that shoe um but yeah i don't know if they still make it or not Uh, oh i see it okay i'm like googling it oh that's it that's that's nice I don't think we still make it because you can get it for $89 on Mercari, but um, no, that's a nice nice shoe. It's nice looking. Yeah, it was very lightweight. It was like a lot less than like the flow that you had mentioned. It was a lot. It was more like a true racing, almost like a racing flat type of shoe. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it's interesting because when I first started um, like eight years ago, like race, like that was, that would be your like racing flat shoe, but you would only wear it like for racing. Cause after right. a while you're after like the race, your fins are like, no, please no. And that's like a track spike. And now, um, with the technology, you know, like, I mean, technically you only get like 150 miles out of your alpha flies. to like tread with caution. But you know, the good thing is, is like, whether you like what happened or not, like after racing in something like that you're not as sore like the recovery isn't as bad um and so that is something that's that's kind of nice uh i just i've never i've I've run in a super shoe once um they honest sent me like three pairs of the cloud echo boom uh i'd given two of them away and i ran (laughs) in one of them once i just preferred a normal trainer for just my speed workouts even at the track like i'm fine with just like Maybe if I go through another road marathon segment, I'll uh, wear them more often. But of right now, I'm just I'm fine with, you know, my normal daily trainer. Well, and now let's talk a little bit about scratch. Um, I mentioned that I just went on a, a 22 mile training run. I had my scratch orange hydration mix. Uh, I have my little gummies. Um, I even like the rice cakes. They're They're OK. They, they get a little like melted in the oh the yeah Florida don't eat humidity. this while you're running you're yeah. <laughs> do not eat the rice krispies while you're running like oh god um yeah but yeah tell us uh, a little for for those who don't know about scratch because i've I, again being in run industry it's still everybody kind of uh, just thinks about hammer and goo and some of the other brands that are out there that have maybe been out there longer or more popular but there's a lot of good brands still out there that are kind of unknown still and i think scratch is one of them uh thanks for asking this is actually great because we just had our um first like 90 day or no it wouldn't even be 90 day like uh, one of our quarterly mark meetings um the other week and our big focus for 2023 is to get the runner population which is interesting to me because i i especially ultra running a lot of stuff that we do like everyone loves scratch especially the super high carb mix because you can get like in a bottle you can get almost like 500 calories which is really important like the science that's coming out is like is if you like if you can get your body to tolerate like 500 600 calories an hour like you're going to be in a really good position so our super high carb mix has been like extremely it's just blown up just because like it's a lot easier to get in that amount of calories in uh in a in a easy digestible and like smaller volume of uh product so scratch labs was started in 2012 
uh, by Alan Lim and Ian McGregor. And basically there were two cyclists, elite champion cyclists, and um, looking for like the next stage in life, basically. And so they started mixing up their own and stuff for their friends, just hydration mix. And then all their friends started to want it. And so they would, they started making more and more quantities and things like that. And then Alan also, he's a chef, so he would make these rice cakes, like, but not the crispies you're thinking of. It's actually like cooked rice um, and uh, with flavored with different things. And then you fold them in um, aluminum foil and you could take them like, you know, put them in your pocket and for a bike bag, um, which now ultra runners were like, we put them in our pocket, eat them. (laughs) Um, And so that's kind of the basis of the company. It just sort of grew organically. And, um, and so, uh, we're at 11, we just celebrated our 11th birthday, uh, this past week. And so, uh, now we have a line of like, you know, a, a, a bunch of different hydration mixes also, um, uh, granola, uh, granola bars, uh, energy chews. We have a recovery mix, which people are just like, that is going to blow up like the chocolate and the horchata. And now we're going to have a strawberry flavor is that is like, I eat, drink so much of that, like all the time. And it is cl- like the clutch thing. I think just right after a ride or a run, even if I'm going to get breakfast right then, just like have that protein shake in my car. It's well, it's not even a protein shake. It's a recovery shake. So it's got that four to one carb to protein ratio. Just having that in my car, sipping that on the way to breakfast has been a game changer. And so that's like something I think that's going to eventually blow up. But anyway, we are, um, we're very popular in the biking community as of right now, just because of the nature of who Alan and Ian are. And then, but we are steadily, but to me, it seems like scratch everywhere like even when I was on the east coast like everybody came in looking for scratch so um maybe more so with like the trail and ultra world because bikers you know they need fuel for six seven hours which you know a marathoner not necessarily need that long so you probably wouldn't think about it but ultra runners were like we're out there for a while so we need something that's gonna one stay with us to be palatable um and also like we can drink it after eight hours of drink of like eating candy you need like something that still is calorically dense that isn't going to like flavor give you so much flavor fatigue so that's scratch the endurance company and then where where i work is called scratch labs cafe so um about four months ago now i uh, applied for a job like on a whim actually i had just i was in i was working in run specialty and i loved it but um I wasn't making tons of money and um, I was kind of just also ready for like the next step. Um, And so I was applying for some jobs and I got to the end of like a very long, like four month interview process for a job. And I thought I, I like, I thought I had it and I like lost out in the last round. So that's okay. Um, And then basically that night I like went on LinkedIn to like lick my wounds basically. (laughs) And I see this job posting for Scratch Labs uh, looking for a cafe manager. And um, I have a degree in exercise science. And, but also I've, in my twenties, I worked in and managed cafes and I, I really like it. I'm a pretty big extrovert. So um, I just read the job description and I knew what Scratch was. um, And I just applied. I didn't know where it was. It was more like, I'm sad. So um, (laughs) And then uh, I got a call like the next day from now my uh, co-chef, Aaron, asking to talk on the phone. We talked two days later. I'm talking to the founder, Alan Lim, and then they offered me the job. And then I was like, wait, where is this located? (laughs) And so then I'm like, oh, it's in Boulder. And they were like, can you come out in two weeks? And I was like, 
I guess so. So um, thankfully, who I was working for is like uh, at Run Specialty is Ian Golden. He's my mentor. And so he knew about all this. And so he was like, yeah, two weeks go. Like, this is the perfect, like, this job is great for you. Like, regardless of the beautiful running and stuff out there and all and the people that you know, like, this is a great job. Like, this is you. And so, um, yeah, two weeks later, I found myself packed up my car and drove across the country and moved in here in Boulder. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's I, I've never been, but all the pictures I see from all the runners I follow on social media, like everything they post out there, I feel like like here where I run, it's mostly city. You're looking at buildings. Occasionally, you have the beach view, but a lot of it is is still off in the distance. Uh, and and it's just I I like when I ran in Canada and in Niagara Falls, around the falls and and through the woods there, like I I was doing like. I was supposed to be on vacation and I was doing like 10 miles every morning before we went out and actually were, were sightseeing because it was just so beautiful. It was so refreshing, so different. So like I can imagine as a runner to, to work in running industry and be in such a beautiful running area and community has to be like just every day, like, like a blessing. It is really fun out here. And I feel like actually, cause now I'm like immersed in this like biking culture, which is really interesting um, because Alan and Ian started out as like cyclists and like, all, all, and also Scratch Cafe, like we've not advertised at all. Like everything we have is just word of mouth. And so we're growing steadily. But of course, if it's word of mouth, it's all like Alan and Ian's friends in the cycling community. So <laughs> I'm learning so much about cycling. It's really fascinating. And then also like I've been dealing with a little bit of tendonitis in my foot. So a lot of my training has been on the bike, like mine's indoors because it's winter here um and so it's actually been kind of fun for me too like I don't even like I think I got a little bit or people cautioned to me like you know everybody goes out to Boulder and like there's so much running and you like then if you can't run you're like fear missing out and I I don't know I don't haven't really felt that because one I know that like you know niggles injuries happen two I do feel involved with the other things that I do I also like love this job and I think that like having something like this gives me like purpose and meaning outside of the running that I do. So even though, yeah, it sucks that like, I'm not running tons of miles. I'm usually doing like every other day right now. Um, I still feel just like very content and complete in my, in just other areas of my life. And so it makes the lack of tons of running in the mountains. Like it's, just, it's okay. You know? Yeah. And, and since you brought it up, that was going to be the next point that we were going to discuss was the the injury that you had the the recent foot injury um what like what happened how did that happen and occur yeah so like i'll try to sort of make it a little bit shorter but um basically i ran my first hundred miler last june and it was really fun i enjoyed it but ever since then i've just my body has had like ups and downs i'd say um not as much consistency as i would have liked i didn't bounce you know i didn't pull like a you know bounce back and run another 100 in the next month like it took me like a while to get back to even step feeling like myself not only just physically but also mentally it took a lot out of my out of my brain um and then coming back to it just a lot of like 
yeah, I guess ups and downs is the best way to, to um, phrase it. Like I ended up getting a calcaneal stress fracture like a month later and then um, healed that. It was building up quite nicely actually from that. Like I felt really fit. Um, and uh, and then the, I decided to do a 50K to see where my fitness was basically. But I felt really great. Even like start, no indication that anything was wrong. Um, and I start that 50K and five miles in, all of a sudden like my foot is just like, throbbing in pain and I'm like okay maybe it's the shoelaces you know I'm troubleshooting because like I'm flying on this 50 I was like this could be a PR day like this is intense um and I just felt great like um but no by mile six and a half I couldn't walk on it and it was like the craziest thing like I've it just came out of nowhere and I think it's and I mean it's been that was in early December. And so since then I've been working with a PT and like talking to my coach and also just like knowing my background in exercise science. I think it's probably some tendonitis that I just have on the left side of my body. Um, my left side gets injured a lot. Um, it's the same, uh, the same foot that I had the calcaneal stress fracture. And the reason that is, is because my left side is actually stronger than my right side. And so, um, my body, you know, like anybody likes to compensate. And so I put a lot more load on that left side, um, because it's stronger. And so then it gets more overuse injuries and my gate pat, my gate mechanics are just not the, uh, they just predispose me to injuries on that side. And so, um, been working with the PTs coming back slowly. Um, and still, I mean, it's, it's up and down. Um, I can run and it's all right. And I mean, I'm sure in an, in a previous version of Ellie, uh, as soon as I like feel like I can run, I'd be back out every day. But right now I'm at the point of like, I, I don't mind biking and um, the injury is getting better and I can run like every other day and feel good about that. And so um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, I just this past weekend went to Arizona and did uh, I paced for uh, the last marathon of a hundred K. And so I was able to do that. Um, and, you know, it's funny that like, I ended up feeling miserable after that, but it wasn't because of the foot. The foot was fine. It was because I got severely dehydrated. Uh, long story, but, um, uh, and so I feel good about that. I'm taking this week off just because like, you know, even though like, oh, I've done, you know, a lot of long distances, 25 miles, like kind of off the couch is like with a lot of stress on my body. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's also snowy outside and I don't have another race for months now. So it's a good time to like take a little bit of a I guess an off week down week off season even though I didn't have like a spectacular amazing race where I'm like oh it's time for an off season it's like you your body can just say like I'm whipped and it doesn't matter that I didn't race like you need to take some rest and so I'm really leaning into that and just um yeah it's kind of also nice to have a job to go to so I'm not just thinking about oh I'm not running (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and I like that you, like, you know, when to step back. And I think obviously your, your education and knowledge makes that a little bit easier where someone like me, we're a little more hardheaded and, and we may not go and get, since we don't have that knowledge, we may not go and get the expert uh, opinion and advice. And we kind of just run by feel, or we kind of push through it and just make things worse. Uh, but I also liked when you mentioned ab- about the mental aspect of the 100 miler, because I think for me, I know after my first, um, I was eager to, to do another one mentally, but physically my body wasn't, was not having it. And then as my body started to get used to all that miles and the time on my feet, 
it got to the point where physically I was ready to do another one after each one. But then I noticed mentally that the toll was, was being taken. So it was, you got to have both or you're just going to go into it with the wrong mindset and, and not motivated. Granted, I'm not, I'm usually middle to back of the pack. I do it more um, just for the accomplishment and, and seeing how far I could push myself. But um to be in your position where you're, you're, like you said, you're flying, you're, you're probably at that point, I'm assuming leading the race, you're in the PR pace and, you know, who knows course record, who knows what else is out there. That's gotta be harder, but to know when to say, okay, this, this is only going to get worse and, and a temporary injury could become long-term. You got to make the smarter decision. So, um, you know, that's, that's good to hear. Cause a lot of times I think we're, we're so in fear of, DNF and not and not finishing not getting especially me if I spend the money to to enter a race and to travel to a race and everything that goes into it like I'm like oh, I'm I'm pushing through it and they're gonna have to take me off this course but um, it's good that you could make the smarter and wiser decision that some of us don't I mean it's not like it's not easy I mean and also like Cause you know, always in the back of your mind, you're like, Oh, could I push through that? Or right. I, mean, I mean, like me limping through the hotel and like having to need a wheelchair. I'm like, I think I'm either. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's, it's the game we play in our mind. Right. And at the, like, I still consider running a hobby. It's fun for me. I want, I would rather be able to run like three to five miles every day than like, you know, have a, this, 10 year period where like I'm ripping these events and whatever like I want to be running three to five miles when I'm 70 because like I just love it and so it's kind of like also thinking long term like I mean I love doing this I don't I want to figure this out and so um I want to figure out you know continue continue to figure out the puzzle that my body is and that uh, how I can run healthily and sustainably and you know some people like can do 100 miles a month and or 100 miler a month and great that's awesome I mean like that right now and permission to always change because your body's always evolving right now that's not my truth for my body and so right now my truth is running every other day and doing some biking and you know seeing what I can put together and um I don't think, and just because I like it so much, and I also like competing, and I like doing things that are a little uncomfortable. Um, I don't see that changing just because I like take a rest week or stop a race or DF, a DF DNF a race. Um, you know, there's there's always more races, and at the end of the day, like you know, COVID taught me that like I just love the community of ultra of running, and like I that won't change regardless of if I race or not. Like I have. Yeah in my life that I love that running has brought to me and they're not going to leave me <laughs> right well and since you mentioned it the the 100 a month I actually know somebody he did a hundred for a hundred weeks in a row it was was it Michael Ortiz Is that yes him? yes I know of him yeah <laughs> so I in, in the east I um was one of the like leading kind of members of the trails collective and i think we had him on one, a couple of our shows or something like a holiday show or whatever yeah because he started doing that like in covid too or like yes, covid a habits bit before, right. a lot of them on the treadmill yes around his apartment on the roof uh i've actually done i think three or four of the races in that hundred streak um him and i did together um so by the last one as he was getting closer and i knew 
this was my my last hundred for a while. Um, like we talked about it a little bit. It was it was it's cool to like know that I had no role in it, but like I was a part of that that record, that history is that I, I was there for some of those races and I seen him grinding and just his attitude and, and his mindset was incredible because I'm complaining at times and then I'm like, well, this dude's on his 62nd or whatever in a row and and he's got another one next week and here I am complaining like I need to shut up and just <laughs> suck it up. But it, yeah, uh, it really puts things into perspective. I mean, this past weekend I paced this person and I didn't know him. Um, my The person I was supposed to pace, he um, ended up dropping out of the race. So I didn't have that job. And, um, but so he drops out and I'm still, I'm like ready to go. And so I just like, like mosey around the tent and there's this guy sitting in a chair and he's like, the volunteer is trying to convince him to keep going, but he's been there for a little while. And he's like unpinning his bib. <laughs> and I just walk over and I was like, I can, I think you should not do that. Like, I think I can get you to the finish line. Like, it's going to be okay. We're good. Like, I'll, and so I ended up convincing him to get out of the chair and like, so we're going, we're going and like, he's like in a low spot. So like, we're going slowly, but we're, you know, we ran the whole thing and this was a hundred K. So he had 40 miles in him and I was taking him for the last marathon. And like, by the end of though, like I'm straight off the couch, like really, I like, by the end it was like me like okay don't let him know how much you're suffering <laughs> I'm like Ellie he's run like 100k you've run like 20 miles like you <laughs> and right. he's just chugging he's finally just shot like he's in pain but he's chugging along and I'm behind him like don't let him know you're suffering <laughs> oh that's great um so it's speaking of that because I actually um it kind of ties into this like I I, I was watching like you said, some of the some of the stuff he was uh, Michael was doing during COVID and, and posting, even doing like some live videos of, of the stuff he was doing in his apartment because of COVID and, and still trying to keep the streak alive. And it ties into the the something you mentioned uh, in in one of your blogs, which you guys have to. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. You guys got to check out the blog. I was read. I'm not a big reader, but her blogs had me like locked in like like my ADHD wasn't kicking in at any point um thank you but you mentioned like limiting social media um or just social interactions sometimes in general online uh because people tend to wear us out or things that we may see can be toxic can be negative um you, you might you know I seen something you mentioned about some of the advice people may give you and and if you're not knowledgeable you might take the wrong advice. So what what was your experience with that um, and taking a break? Because I recently took one, I deleted everything. I even stopped the podcast for a while because it's just, like you said, that social interaction eventually, it, it just drained me. And I, I, I felt better when I took the break. So what was that experience like for you? Yeah, so um social media, you know, love it and hate it. Right. I mean, I have made a lot of friends on there and then like just this past weekend, seeing them in real life and just like being friends already. It's wonderful. Um, I think a couple years ago, uh, maybe, and it was maybe like helped along by COVID. I just realized that like, I, didn't want to let social media use me. I wanted to use it for specific reasons because scrolling on things like, sure, you might be inspired or whatever, but like nine times out of 10, unless you're in the right mindset, 
something somebody does, even though if it's cool or whatever, it's like, it's kind of also, you're comparing what you've done to what they've done. Even if it's not, it's subconscious. Like we don't, I, we do it automatically. It's just human nature now. Um, uh, heightened because of social media. Um, you know, it's funny, like, uh, just thinking back, like when I was growing up, you know, uh, it was, uh, guys would compare themselves to each other. Like, could I beat that dude in a fight? And girls would be (laughs) like, am I prettier than her? And now it's just like, and so like, that was the comparison then. And now it's like just everything. And you get so many more images coming at you. And I just found myself getting more overwhelmed. And, um, so what I decided to do was kind of restructure just like, I made rules for social media for myself, specifically for Instagram, um, and that I only get a half an hour a day, and that's in everything. That's posting, that's responding to messages, that's whatever, half an hour. And then I also, like, I unfollowed everyone and then refollowed, like, my friends. Mm-hmm. And just, like, that's it. You know, like, I don't follow Courtney DeWalter. I don't follow Shalane. Like, I don't I don't know them. Like, I want to, like, I think in one of my posts, I don't remember exactly what my rules were, but it was, like, number one, I know you in real life. Like, right. number two, I like you in real life. Like, number three, <laughs> like, I remembered to follow you. Like, half the time, like, I just don't remember because I'm just not that prolific. I think that like, because I'm very active in like Instagram stories and things like that, like I think people think I'm on like social media more than I am. It's more like the only time I'm on there is if I'm posting a story or responding to a message. And so like, by the time I get done doing that kind of stuff, I don't have any time to scroll through things. So I don't see both like the amazing accomplishments or the bad things or like, I don't see all those things. And so like, it actually is like really clarifying for my mind because like, I can't compare myself to like that someone if you don't know what they did, you know? So it's kind of like taking out all, a lot of the excess, like just images and things get thrown at me. Um, and then like, I really just sort of wanted to use the platform to like, just, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think my relationship with it now is that like, I don't ever, I don't feel like I have to do these big like social media, like take everything off and like, you know, burn it all down because I have these rules that like help protect my mental health all the time. And as long as I follow those rules, I don't need to burn it all down because like, it's a great, it's a great tool. Like I, it's a great way to message friends. It's a great way to share some funny things that happen during the day, especially here at scratch. Um, but also like, I don't scroll, I don't spend more time than necessary. And I think keeping the those rules, even if like, sometimes it is a little limiting, it really just does help like my mental health. And so um, I've done that for a couple of years now. And even when I like won a golden ticket, and I got sponsored, and like, there are things that like, sort of, I wanted to spend more time on social media, because that's fun, right? You win a race, you're like, yeah, show me the money, you know. (laughs) But um, even then, I was like half an hour, like, and, and it just was very protective, because now, especially, I haven't really raced um, since October is the last race that I like won. And so, um, and then just having these injuries up and down, it's like, well, now I don't feel like I need, I don't want to spend time on social media as much. I'm not responsible to anything. And it's kind of great. Like you set the boundary and then you have that boundary and then it protects you from when you're in the lows. Yeah. I I felt like for me, it got to the point where like, I definitely, there was way too much scrolling, too much time looking for things on there. Um, but like, I always, 
anytime I would see somebody accomplish something or even if it wasn't like if it was wasn't a good post like I would try to interact with like the people I did know and but when I would go through let's say a DNF or I had a bad race didn't 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 go well or maybe an injury that had me out of running for a couple days or weeks like I would still go on there and instead of I, I should have just said okay don't don't get on there but I'd get on there and now I see these posts that I normally am happy to see, but it was making me almost bitter because I'm like, oh, why are they healthy? Why are they having great races? Why are they having so much success? Um, you know, and, and it's that you, like you said, you start to maybe compare yourself to other people and, and other people's accomplishment. And you got to realize that we all, you know, I, when I did a deep dive into it, I'm like, well, some of these, some of these runners are, are training way better their nutrition and, and hydration is way better. Their, their, their plan is better. So it's not always, um, you know, like an equal playing field if you're not putting yourself on that same level that they are, but just in general, like, yeah, like you, you, you get on social media and you see, it's almost like you mentioned earlier, the fear of missing out because I kind of grew up at the beginning of the whole social media thing. So I'm still not too familiar with life without it other than when I was a kid, but you, there were things you didn't know happened unless somebody told you, if you heard a friend of a friend of a friend type of thing. So now it's like, you could just go on social media and you don't always see even the people you're following. You see suggested stuff and things and it just, yeah, all the all the things you don't intend to see, you end up seeing, and it can have that negative effect on you. Um, now, with that, like you start to make a disconnect because, um, again, you even mentioned not always just social media in general. Um, something else you mentioned was making that effort to call and talk to like the intimate loved ones, um, even when it's hard to do. Like you may not be in the mood to but knowing that it can be a benefit to you um, because we need that positive affirmation in our lives, um, especially during the low times, the grinds. Um, It's not like we're attention seeking, but sometimes we are hard, too hard on ourselves. We have that pity party and talking to someone who has a different mindset and looking at it from a different angle from the outside looking in can just spark something within us emotionally and mentally um what what kind of leads to that like what what was that about if you recall that part of your blog yeah so I kind of realized that um I like talking on the phone more than I like texting or dming um and also have you ever like started maybe you thought about somebody like a friend or whatever and I know for me like in the initially before I started doing this, it was like, Oh, they haven't texted me in forever. Like that's like, they have, they're not thinking about me. Like they don't care about me or like spiral for no reason. Like, (laughs) and then like, I remember the day it occurred to me, like I was thinking about my younger sister and she's my best friend. And, um, I was like, Laurel has not texted me in like three weeks. Like what's going on. And then I was like, Ellie, have you texted, have you texted her? Mm-hmm. Like, have you reached out? Like, why is it on her? And so then I was like, you know what? I would rather just talk to her. So I just picked up the phone and called her. I don't remember if she picked up. I probably left a message. Like some of the voice messages we leave for each other are classic. But um, I hope she plays them at my funeral. Um, <laughs> like, 
And then I was just like, and then I just thought like, whenever I think about somebody, if I can't call them, just text them. Like I, I feel like, especially in social media, it's like, oh, you don't want to be the person to text first. Cause that's means that like, you know, you're being vulnerable or like, you know, gotta be the cool person, you know, like everybody wants my attention. Like right. I don't need, but I, I think that's bullshit. Like no offense. I hope you can swear. Like you can. I, <laughs> if I'm thinking about somebody like, why not just text them and say hello? I do this all the time. And now I have like a slew of people that I call them when I want to talk to them now and, and they expect it. And now it's actually like infiltrated, like, my friend group. And so like my, so my sister's one of my best friends, but then I have two other ones, Riley and Amelia. And like, and then, and even uh, Riley's mom and like, um, and cause I, I just started calling them and now they call each other. And so we all just call instead of texting or whatever, we just started this, like made it part of our culture. Just in, like, if you're thinking about somebody or thinking about each other, just text or call each other rather than like wonder, like, what is this person doing? Or like, why haven't they texted me or whatever? It's like, who cares? Just reach out, you know? Um, and I kind of love it because like, if I'm thinking about somebody like, how cool is it if somebody like you're just having a day or whatever, it's a busy day at work and you just, a friend that you haven't talked to in like a month and a half or like whatever, like, it's just like, Hey, I was thinking about you. What's up. And I love doing that. And people, and I know people love it when I do it. So it's like kind of both, like it fills my cup. And I also know like if, if somebody out of the blue was just like, I'm thinking about you cause you're awesome. And like, what's going on? It's just, I don't know. I feel like it makes me happy. It makes other people happy. And so, um, yeah, I just sort of, I prefer to do that now even, but in the beginning it was definitely a little bit like it takes effort to like talk to people mm -hmm. or like, you know, especially like it does, it, it's a little bit of a, cause you don't want to sound weird. And then like, if you don't normally call somebody, it is weird and they think something's wrong. And so, um, but once you get the practice and the dialogue, it's like, now we just expect it. You know, like I was <laughs> my Saturday routine. If I don't have to work is like, I usually do a run and then I call Riley and then I eat and then I nap. And you know, it's just, it's just like, it's just a thing that we do now. And, um, I don't know, I think, it's just, it's worked out for me in my life. It's really added to it. Yeah. I know for me personally, it, part of it is, is I do have an introverted personality and then I am a Gemini. So we do have mood swings from time to time. Typically, typically it's after, like I was mentioning a little bit earlier, like a bad race or a bad run or an injury. Like a lot of, a lot of my stuff comes from just running stress and, you know, like, like you had mentioned, it, it can be hard to be the one that reaches out. But I noticed, uh, especially previously when I was more active on social media, people would notice like, all right, he's gotten quiet. Like he normally posts every day or he's, he's at least active and commenting on stuff. So people would realize that I was quiet, but they wouldn't reach out. Like maybe one or two would, but they, a lot of them wouldn't reach out to say, Hey, are you okay? Like, is everything all right? Um, and, and the same consistent handful would um and then i'd run into others and they'd be like oh i haven't heard from you forever and in my head i'm like well you have my number you could have like you said like like you could have reached out too but you try to avoid that so yeah i think i think that's one thing is getting out of our head um you know again the, the social media can affect it but also if you stay in that silence and and you wait for someone to reach out to you instead of you making the effort all the time. Like it, it, those, those silent moments where you just stay in your head sometimes can have that negative effect on you in the long run. Um, and also talking about hard things 
it helps you get over them quicker. Like, I mean, if I have a bad run or if I have a run where I think that maybe I might be on the verge of an injury or I'm sick or whatever, like, I know that if I talk to Amelia or Riley or my sister or something like about it, even they don't like, they're not going to solve my problem. Like I, and I will never solve their problem, but like just talking about it and being like, I'm voicing my concern. Cause this could be an injury and maybe it is, and maybe it's not, but like just saying it out loud and having them like validate, like, yeah, that sounds hard. Like, Oh, that stinks. Or like, you know, it's, um, and just having, being able to voice it, it sort of like takes the power away. Cause mm -hmm. like, I mean, I did have an injury. It sucked. But like, also it sort of puts it into a larger context. Like it's gonna be okay. Cause like, I'm a person outside of running. I'm a person outside of this injury. And like sort of voicing what you're, what you're, what you're going through, it loses its power. You know, like um, back like uh, about 10 years ago, I dealt with an eating disorder and it's like, being like that eat an eating disorder or any addiction thrives in shame and guilt. Mm -hmm. And if you like take the, like the veil off of it and it's like i'm not ashamed that i had this i got through it you know it's sort of it takes its power away and that's really meaningful even if it's just a thought switch right because it's uh you know i've mentioned with with my listeners uh the addiction to alcohol and the effect that that had on me and it, it, it puts a you have like this blanket of shame and embarrassment at times and, and you feel like nobody can relate and like you said, you may have a conversation with somebody about it and you're venting and you're just releasing the, the frustrations, but you know, they may not always have the answer or they may not have a solution. They may offer advice or they may just be there to listen. But sometimes that's all you need is, is somebody to be there and just say, hey, I'm here for you. Like, let it out. And, and, you know, even if it's just a couple comfort words and, and knowing, like you said, you get it out because sometimes if you keep it in, it just builds up and gets and then that addiction or whatever you're struggling with, you kind of fall back to that even worse because that's that's almost like a security blanket for you. It's a, it's a negative comfort for you. Um, now, speaking of the injuries, I noticed um, you had mentioned and I think that's probably where even like cycling might be a benefit to you, but like you put in the workouts and other uh, modalities. And I think we tend to forget that, you know, not just in sports, but even like in your education. Um, Cause I noticed like you even mentioned like the PhD and like the Kinyazali, I'm saying that wrong, but <laughs> I, I have a degree, not a PhD, just a regular degree, uh, kinesiology, but it's basic exercise science. Okay. But didn't you say, I thought I saw a PhD to say, I thought you, your, your bio said a PhD in, you sure? I'm going to, I'm going to look that up while you, when I ask you this next question. I, if it I, is, I, it's something sarcastic. I do. Okay. Actually, you know what? That's probably what it, now I remember. It said a PhD in Google. So that's probably. Oh, well, yeah. You okay. know. That's, I can look anything up. That's how I got this job. <laughs> that's what I knew. I saw a PhD and I was trying to remember what you said it was in. Um, but like, even in that, like in, in our education and, and like being able to realize that other like not just one thing is going to make us good like if you go to the gym and you're just bench pressing you're only going to really work a couple muscles but if you start using other machines or doing other free rate free weight um, exercises it's going to build the supporting and surrounding muscles that make you stronger and help you reach other goals so in running you know people do yoga and pilates and cycling and and swimming and other things that still work those surrounding muscles so um, was that something you started doing because of the injury to try to like 
work on like just keeping yourself stronger to avoid other injuries like you had said because of the the left side or that was just something you did to like maybe change things up and and mentally make it a little more exciting uh, a little bit of all of the above i think um I don't have a history of running, so I've made all the mistakes in the book. And also just um, with some lifestyle choices that I had made in my early 20s and late teens, I really want to be conscious of what the limits of just my body structurally. And so um, I have just embraced cross training as a way to take some pounding off of my body. And so I have been a relatively moderate mileage person. Um, I don't think I've ever run a hundred miles in a week. Like I, and I'm fine with that, but I do. And I, and I've just sort of uh, like after a while, especially running on the road all the time. um, I don't know. I mean, I would just rather do something else for my second workout of the day. So I would go to the gym and just fool around like (laughs) for a little while. Um, And then also, when you not being injured, um, yeah, cycling or even using the elliptical are just uh, great ways to have some fun and uh, still, you know, get the endorphins, get the heart rate up. I, I like to listen to podcasts during that time. Um, and so, yeah, I just sort of have embraced all forms of movement because, you know, I love running, but also I sort of just like moving my body. And it's, and so, uh, and also just, a different stimulus, you know, it's, I really like being a beginner at things. Um, if I ever write a book, it's going to be titled like, or my biography, it's going to be titled like not a natural, like I've never been naturally good at anything. I just am like stubborn as a mule. And like, if I find something that I kind of am getting like little breadcrumbs of like, Oh, you're getting a little better. You know, like that's just how running is or cycling or endurance sports at all. It's like crack to me. I'm like, yes, let's do it. And so, um, with with other sports like cycling or elliptic even elliptical which is kind of like it's a weird machine and it's like but I mean even that just like little bits of progress or stuff like that it's just I kind of think it's fun and I um I like challenging my body in different ways and so um yeah I've just really embraced it and um it just works for me and and since you mentioned it uh, out of curiosity I guess maybe even more for myself I just I always wonder for your your hundred miler because people ask me this all the time so it makes me want to ask you the two questions i always get was what was the most if you know the most miles you ever did in a week and what was your longest training run i think i peaked at 86 um and that was i went to western states training camp and so you run like 50 miles in a weekend and so that was a really that was my biggest block because I did that and then I took a day off and then I did two more like 20 mile days ish I think so it might have been a little less but anyway so um so I think 86 or 88 and then but normally I'm like in the past I've been around like 60 to 70 but I told my coach for this neck whatever we build towards two necks I don't want to go over 50 and that's just because one it's a challenge for me just like oh I'm at like you know 49 and a half got it I can't go another mile guys I'm sorry um and then also I do like there's a really big biking community here in Boulder and I would like to try it so I feel like it would be kind of fun to do something different and also um keep like less pounding on my legs just in this time where I'm still trying to figure out how strong they are gotcha okay because again everybody 
that I talk to when they find out I did a hundred miles, they always ask me that question. And I'm like, honestly, like my, mo- like that I can recall, I think 55 might've been the most I did even in a week. And like For my sure. long, yeah, that's, that's substantial. Yeah. And longest training one was 40 miles like solo. So just, or, or like I did do a 50 mile race. So I guess, but I don't yeah, consider like that races right. might, might amp up the mileage a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I sort of, uh, I, I mean, I've only had a coach for the past four months actually. Um, and so before that I just planned my own thing and I really liked it. It was more like, I'm kind of moving into a new environment. I got a lot of going on. And so, um, I, and I figured, um, I, and I really liked, I used her book to train myself anyway. So, um, I started working with somebody, but, um, I, I'm really trying as hard as I can to just like, listen to what my body wants. And that's mentally and physically. Like if I have, if I want to get to 10, but my mind only has five, like I got to listen to that too. I mean, there's sometimes when you need to tough it out, but I'm going to save the toughing it out for the race. So when it's like mile 95 mm-hmm. and I need to tough it out for five more miles, I'll take that five then. Yeah, like even uh, actually, uh, it's funny you say that because this morning I started out and I just, I didn't think I was, I I figured I was going to take a detour eventually because the first four to five just felt like very sluggish. I just mentally didn't feel it. Um, But I took a break at four and a half and got something to eat, got something to drink. And all of a sudden it was like new life and my legs had had life in them. And and mentally I felt awake. The sun started coming up. So it was like things were changing. And then the rest of the run was like way better than the first, you know, the first hour. So it's, it's like you said, sometimes you do push through because you know, if it's more just a mental thing or, or a physical thing. Uh, But sometimes even if it is mental, like you said, you got to save that grind for when it really matters and when it counts you know those five five miles that you deducted that day aren't going to negatively really affect you come race day because there's a whole different level of endorphins that are going through your head with everything that's going on around you Um, now through all this with like the ups and downs and and everything the the other point that I wanted to touch on that I try to stress all the time on all my episodes uh, was something you mentioned about practicing extreme gratitude for every small thing. And I know it's, it sometimes it sounds cliche. We, we think, Oh, you know, it's easy to say that easier said than done. But I think if we really take a moment and I think that's where like getting off of social media is, is big because if you're, if you're going through a hard time and you're on social media and you're seeing all these other people having so many great success, because a lot of people just post the good stuff anyways. If you can really sit down and like evaluate everything that's going on around you and, and everything up to that point in your journey, whatever it may be, there are many things you still can't be grateful for. Um, it's not It's not to say that what isn't going your way or what didn't work, like the job you didn't get. You know, it ended up still working out in the end. You went on LinkedIn and and found something. There's still blessings in everything if you look deep enough. So what, um, you know, is, is there a scenario? Like what what makes that easy? Is that hard for you to do in those situations? Like how is that experience whenever you're going through something to find the, the positive or what to be grateful for, Alex? 
um, so when I wrote that, I think I was actually talking about um, even smaller, like silly things. So uh, a couple of years ago, I I was listening to, I think it was probably Rich Roll. He's my, one of my favorite podcasts. And um, he described in this phrase will always stick with me. And that's what I want to embody is like having a low threshold for gratitude. So that means like anything that like just noticing like what little things just make like might make the day brighter or might make, might make you just like uh smile or something so like and I don't even mean like having something like a hardship and then being like oh well, I will learn something like because I mean sometimes things really suck and you should be like this is awful like, <laughs> um but like I mean little things like um okay like today I came into work and it was like seven in the morning and um I normally I was I didn't sleep great last night and you know you just walk into work and I noticed that like somebody had had shoveled the sidewalk outside of work so I didn't have to I was like that's so great like wonderful awesome like just noticing like that's cool I walk in and one of the chefs in the back is like Ellie we have an extra breakfast burrito would you like it and I was like what that's awesome like just little things that are just Mm -hmm. like or like, you know, like, uh, you finish a bag of chips and like the end of the chip bag has like those like really good, like burn bits. <laughs> I'm like, yes. Like, it's just like little things that are just like silly that just make me smile or just make the day. Like, even if it is stressful or I'm going through a lot, or I have a lot of things that I need to remember to do just, you know, little things that make me smile or just make the moment a little bit more, a little bit better. And I started to practice that a couple of years ago. Cause I think during my twenties, I went through a lot of stuff that just made me kind of pessimistic. And also I grew up in a family that was rather pessimistic. And I realized like, you don't need to be that way. And I, I'm not a misery loves company person. I'm like, I'll listen to you, but like, I'm not, I, I'm not just going to like rag on tons of things like I you need to if you need someone to listen to you I will validate your feelings but I'm not going to make it worse because even though it feels good in the moment misery loves company that will make it worse Mm -hmm. and so like just little things that uh every day you know like the coffee tastes really good today or like oh I thought that I ran out of my hydration mix but I found it extra serving that's awesome just little stupid stuff that like in my brain just like add up and make me a happy person (laughs) And so, you know, I'm, I'm extroverted. I have a lot of energy. Um, and I think it's just the, the constant process and just the building of how I've, I've just made it. Um, one of the things that I do is just to appreciate little things around me. And, um, I lucked out actually with Aaron Koshef, who I mentioned earlier, who works at scratch, like little thing, like, even if we're just being like a jerk to each other, just like, I appreciate you. Like, <laughs> or I'll be like, Aaron, this is, this is a wrong order. Like I need you to fix this. And then he'll be like stressed. And I'll be like, I appreciate you as I walk around the corner and it's just, it makes us laugh. And it's just, um, but also just, you should appreciate the people in your life or the things that are good. I mean, we live in a great time right now. I mean, things are hard, but like, objectively speaking, like this is a really great time. And I don't know, I like to be thankful for those things because also when I am sad, there are, I'm a sad at shorter, like it's shorter. <laughs> like I'm able to be happier and also get back to my level of Ellie excitement and happiness quicker because I just see tons of things around me that I'm like, oh, that little thing is kind of great. That's great. Uh, That's great. And so, yeah, that's just kind of what I meant by, you know, always being grateful for things. It's not, it's not a momentous thing. It could just be like, oh, they had an extra like taco and I got it. Great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, and that's great. It's still, it's a valid point because again, we, if we just 
harp on the negative all the time we become blind to those nice things like somebody even just holding the door for you or letting you in if you're stuck in traffic or 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 in, in my case like this morning where car after car was not letting me get through uh even though i had the right away like they just were blocking and one guy waited and, and waved me on um you know it's, it's little things like that that like you said it doesn't always have to be oh i just i you know i'm getting something financially or physically or, or a gift or or somebody's doing something specifically for me intentionally sometimes it's the unintentional just random things that happen um that if you are aware of it and you recognize it can can instantly change your mood and like like you were saying it can get you out of the funk faster than if you if you kind of ignore that um and it translates to racing and running right like i mean at some point during a race like you're going to your body's going to hurt. You're going to be breathing hard. It's going to be painful, but they're like, like capitalizing and focusing on like either like taking your next gel or just something nice. that's going on like a pretty view or like, Oh, I don't have blisters today. That's awesome. Um, it sort of does like help a lot. And I, that's also, that's really come into my running is cause like sometimes like, especially with tendonitis, like I'm not running fast. It's kind of like, it's kind of painful. It makes me feel out of shape and stuff, but like, you know, there are little things like, oh, I didn't slip on the ice today, winning, you know? So just like <laughs> stuff like that, that it, it translates. And I don't know, I, I like being happy. I'm not, a, I, I'd rather that than be, uh, but happiness is also like, it takes work. Like it's a process and you gotta, and it just, and it's not a, a switch flips. It's like, you know, when you're in the suck, cause I think you should feel the suck. You need to learn how to deal with it. But when you're in the suck also like, finding little nuggets that take you out of the suck. And I, and I always say grind, uh, I say ride the highs and grind the lows because like you said, those there, you're going to have those moments. And, but if you, if you stay in it, then it just, it lasts longer. So there's times like, even like, even in my training runs, I'll just like, if I realize I kind of been in a zone for a while, I'll, I'll physically talk to myself and say, Hey, how are you feeling? And then I'll be like, oh, well, like you, like you were just saying, like, oh, all right, I'm not chafing. I don't have any blisters. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good mentally. I feel good. There's no cramps. There's no, like every, uh, my, all the hydration and nutrition, nutrition is staying in me. And it's so, like you said, like you, you almost do like a check of, of what's going on and you realize, okay, yeah, there's some bad things, but there's a lot of good things going on as well. Um, and that, I, I, the last thing I, I really wanted to touch on from your blog before we wrap, wrap it up is, is, and I quoted it. I, I didn't even want to like just paraphrase, but you, your quote was, we all die. Some make the next thing you do or, or so make the next thing you do, whether it's having a snack, going for a walk, accepting a new job, choose something that reminds you that life is finite. Life is beautiful. And as you said, even the shit has meaning. Um, where did that come from? Back then, oh man, (laughs) Ellie was so smart. (laughs) That's that PhD in Google, right? There you go. Do you you recall what inspired that? Because I think sometimes when we're in it could be either, either side of the spectrum, but I feel like sometimes in those deeper moments, like if we're going through something like that, embracing the suck or or grinding a low sometimes we come out with stuff like that that's even deeper than where we're in our best and most positive spirit 
Yeah, I think that post, like I was feeling a lot of things and um, and everything was a little bit overwhelming. And I think finally at the end, I really just like remembered like, dude, you're gonna die. So like, you know, it's gonna happen. And so one, like choose the, like whatever you do, like make sure that it's like good for you. But then also like, remember that like, it doesn't matter. We're not gonna take anything here with us, you know? And so like release a little bit of the pressure of, you know, I think in that post, I was like, I don't know what to do with sponsors. Like if I get injured and all this stuff and like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Like not to know. And also like, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. And, um, because like at the end of it all, we do all die. Exactly. And, and that goes back to just being grateful, right? Because if, if we dwell on a negative the whole time we're here, then it's kind of like you, you missed out on, on the beauty of life. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what's next. I mean, but like right now I like, I want to be happy and, but I also, I want to struggle. I want to thrive. I want to feel everything. Cause that's just, that's, I have a finite time here. So let's do it. And like, even for me, like I look back, um, I had went on three, uh, three weekly trips uh, to Haiti after the like right after the earthquake had happened to to help out and volunteer and I'm telling you the the mindset of them despite what they were going through was just incredible to where we would have these conversations sometimes and they would ask me about America what my life was like uh, because they they had no clue or they might have just heard things heard things from the radio or, or maybe if they saw tv and you know they see a movie and they think that's what america is and what life is and and we would have this conversation and i'd realize man i'm i'm like in many ways i'm blessed and i don't i didn't realize it until i took those trips and and specifically sat with those people and it was like the wisdom they had with the little bit that they've experienced opened my eyes to so much to be grateful for and and take advantage of the time we have so like today when i was running and i was passing this guy coming out of the gas station and I, he was like he was smiling at me and i sometimes like there's a lot of where i run there tends to be a lot of uh, unfortunately drug addicts so i was like all right is he just on something and he's being goofy but like as i got closer he was like oh man you look great how far are you going and i was like I was, you know, cock, cockly. I was like, uh, 22 miles. And he was like, dude, that's freaking awesome. Like, like you look great, man. And, and, and then I just blurted out, I'm doing it while I can. And, and it, for the next probably mile, I was just thinking about this. Like, wow, like I, I'm able to do something. A lot of people can't and, and many want to do. And sometimes I take it for granted. And it's like, just, just appreciate what you're able to do while you're here and physically um, able to for sure so what's next uh, I know you touched on some things that you have some plans for some things but what what's next for Ellie oh man so I took I'm taking a rest week this week and then we'll slowly see what the body can handle um, my next race that I'm registered for is the Leadville Marathon it's here in Colorado uh, June 17th I think is that day and then the weekend after my best friend is running 100 miles and I am pacing them for 20 miles of it so that's kind of what's on my radar um, and then 
uh, opening a restaurant is a lot. It's so much fun, but it's a lot of work. And so still figuring out uh, all the stuff here at Scratch and exploring Colorado. Um, so yeah, nothing, nothing huge, nothing sexy, but enough. Got it. And now we know we've, we've learned from what you said earlier, we may not get follows back, but for, <laughs> for introduce uh, yourself to me if I like <laughs> you and I remember, Hey, never say never. I mean, it's more like, I just don't think about it. it it's, you know, it's funny. You, you had brought that up because like initially, uh, because before the podcast, I had a website for probably five years before the, the podcast thing started. And I would follow everyone that, that came on and, and did interviews and, and did features with me. And I'd follow them and only some would follow me back. And I, and I was still younger, a little immature. And I was like, what the, like, then I'm not following you back. Like if you're like, I thought we were friends here. I thought we were cool. I thought we had it like a, a, a partnership affiliation going, but um, you know, it's like, I, the more I talk to different people, not just athletes, but people in general, it's the same thing, like you said. And I realized I would do the same thing. It's like, eventually I don't want to follow everybody because then my timeline, if I do want to scroll, just becomes clogged with a lot of stuff I really don't care to see. I'd rather, like, if I want to see certain things, then I'll go YouTube, search it or Google search it. I'd rather see if I am going to scroll for however many minutes or whatever, the people that I'm closest to and things I'd like to actually see um, people that I interact with. So when you mentioned I always that, say I'm so much better in person, like, <laughs> you know, like, and so, you know, I don't, I don't need, like, send me a DM. We'll talk like that's, that's better for me. I love it. Like, so uh, I'm much better in person. So, so for those that still would like to, um, cause I'm not going to unfollow you. I'm following you on Twitter. And then if you mention one, I, I will follow you on Instagram too, but where could, could we follow you? Uh, if we want to just join the journey of, of what you go through daily. So I'm at Gazelli uh, on all the socials, G-A-Z-Z-E-L-L-I-E. It's a play on my name. <laughs> um, and then I also, I do like, but like, I, I do like writing on my blog. I try to do, I try to write posts. So like, honestly, like uh, I am at ellipel.com too. It's great. Yeah. So I'll put, I'll put those in the show notes for everybody. Um, just so, you know, if you do want to follow, just don't get upset if she don't follow you back. Okay. Well, come, if you're in Colorado, <laughs> come visit me at, at Scratch. Like I honestly, I love meeting people in person. Um, and so that's better for me. There you go. If you're out that way, or if you're visiting now, you know, just uh, don't make it awkward. Just say, Hey, I, I heard you on the mile you're in podcast, you know, little plug there. And, um, and she'll, she'll remember so for 10% off no. <laughs> oh there you go look at that there you <laughs> go yeah you mentioned it I'll get 10% off yeah. <laughs> hear it now so um I just you know want to thank you if if there's anything you'd like to say to anybody that's listening to add to it you, the mic is yours uh no just you know be kind to everybody you know people even everybody uh is facing their own demons facing their own battles so just make kindness the default well, until the ep next episode, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Mile You're In podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to like, share, and subscribe.